Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Harvard EdCast. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today sitting three miles away from the Boston Marathon finish line, all of us here at the Harvard Graduate School of Education send our deepest thoughts and prayers to those affected by yesterday's bombings. And we want to help. As adults, it's certainly hard to discuss the tragedies and horrors of yesterday, let alone explain it to our children and our students. What is a parent to do? How do children process this, understand it? So with us today are two experts, Rick Weisbord, a child and family psychologist on the faculty at the Ed School, and Betsy Groves, an adjunct faculty member here who teaches a course on children and trauma. Welcome to the EdCast, and Rick, take it away. Thanks, Matt. So we are all trying to get our minds around this very sad and scary and tragic event yesterday, and there are a lot of kids out there that are trying to get their minds around this too. And so, Betsy, let me just start with with raising the question. Um, let's just focus on parents first. And um, if you're a parent, you know, how generally do you think about talking to your kids after an event like this? Well, I think that's a great question. Um, and I think the first message to parents is simply to talk to their kids about this event. Um, I think that uh, often parents... Uh, will try to protect children from bad news such as this and and unwittingly may give them the wrong cues that somehow this is too scary or too overwhelming to talk about. So in our work at the Child Witness to Violence Project at Boston Medical Center, where we have seen many, 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 too many children over the years who have been affected or witnessed violent events, um, we have a kind of three main messages for parents, I think, and the first is to talk with their children. Very closely connected to that is the importance of parents taking stock of their own feelings before they talk or as they talk. Um, For many of us here in Boston, we are personally affected by this event. We may know someone who's been injured. We may know some of the many first responders who've been working. And so I think we bring our own emotional feelings to this. And so simply taking stock, taking a deep breath, thinking carefully how we want to talk to our kids is a first step. Um, I think that obviously age matters when we talk about uh, talking to children. Yeah, so so help help us think about how do you talk to a four-year-old and a versus a 10-year-old versus a 17-year-old, for example. And, um, and I assume that Kids at that, those different age levels are going to already know, have very different understandings about this already or have very different information already that your 17-year-old might know quite a lot from a lot of different sources. Absolutely. And I think your, your point is, is right on that it, it, age matters a great deal. So I think for young children, for the 4-year-old or even the 3-year-old, that um, first of all, I think even for that age children, we have to assume that they have some... Uh, knowledge, or they may quite likely have some knowledge, some rudimentary knowledge. But I think that that the talk is, first of all, being sensitive to what they might know, and then saying it very simply and really just the facts. So in this case, maybe that some people got hurt in Boston at the race, at the marathon, and they were taken to the hospital, and the doctors and nurses are taking care of them. Um, I think developmentally for children that age, their first concern is safety, the safety of themselves, the safety of their parents, so that reassuring them that they are safe, uh, messages like the doctors and nurses are taking care of the people who got hurt, 
think they're very important messages. But as you say, Rick, when kids get older, they take in more information. And by elementary school, they're probably going to ask, who did this? Or what is a bomb? Or how did it get there? Or did children die? Or did grown-ups die? And I think, again, honesty is the best policy, that we need to answer those questions honestly. We need to give children enough information, but not too much information. And I think the message for elementary schoolers is yes, that some people died, and we don't know how the bombs got there, but the police are working hard to solve this. And so I think, again, the, the balance about information and emphasis on safety and kind of moving forward. And then obviously for teenagers who take in a lot more of the world and have much more complex understandings of these problems and of, of world issues, that the conversation really is different and uh, inviting them to share opinions. Um, but again, I think helping them to be grounded, like reaching out more to understand their emotions, their feelings. They have a life outside of their lives with us as parents, and I think kind of being aware of that is very important. Yeah, I would, I would just add listening, too. Just listening yes. in the sense to the ways in which at any age kids are making sense of this, making meaning of it, the questions they have. Absolutely. And I think uh, listening kind of imparts the message that it's okay to talk about this. So listening and maybe saying, if you have any questions or worries, let me know. We can we can talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just ask you, you know, I was thinking about this last night as I was watching TV and I was finding myself both riveted to the TV and also um, just very upset. I mean, just, it's just very upsetting, and these images are repeated over and over again. Do you have a view about how much kids should be watching this on TV and how you think about that? I do. I actually have very strong views yeah. about that <laughs> because I agree with you. I think we as adults are overwhelmed by those images, and I think quite simply, the younger the child is, the more we as parents need to limit their exposure to the, or prevent their exposure if they're very young. Um, I think young children, when they see things over and over again, they don't understand time. They don't distinguish reality from fantasy, so it's as though it's happening over and over again. And it's overwhelming, so I really think limiting. And then for older children, for whom we have less control over these things, monitoring, checking in with them, suggesting that they turn off the television is, is really an important piece of this. Yeah, great. So let me just move to schools for a minute. and. Um, I would love your thoughts about teachers and how teachers talk to kids about this and how you think of it as the same or different from the way parents do. And, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that for all of us in the Boston area, this is school vacation week. And so teachers, for, for better or worse, um, will have, uh, they will be faced with this next Monday. And they'll have a week to think about it. Children will have a week to process this. Um, so I think, but re regardless of the specific number of days, um, I think ideally, the ideal is that the school, the principal, the administrators have a plan and a strategy for how to, to help children understand or talk about this and some guidelines for teachers. So teachers don't feel that they're on their own, that, that there may be some support in the system around getting help for kids, communicating with parents about what teachers are talking about and so forth. Um, so I, I think then age matters, as we just talked about, that what 
you know, you may or may not talk to a kindergarten, bring up the subject proactively with kindergartners. I think at minimum a teacher would be vigilant, would look and listen carefully to see if children are bringing in this information. They might check in with parents who drop their kids off in the morning to ask uh, how are they doing, are there concerns in the family, and so forth. I think as children get older, uh, it becomes more important for, for teachers to be proactive in bringing up the topic. And they may do it in an open-ended way. Uh, they may ask if, uh, if children, families, in their classrooms have been affected. Again, I'm thinking particularly about Boston, where it's not unlikely that there would be families with police officers or doctors or nurses or the many kind of rippling numbers of people affected by this particular bombing. But I think that, again, that talking about it gives kids the message in school that it's okay and that this can be dealt with. Um, I think one of the challenges for schools, however, is making sure that parents are on board with that. And so any way to reach out and engage parents really kind of completes the triad of teacher, parent, child in terms of dealing with this. Well, well this is all wise and very thoughtful, and I, I wanted to thank Matt again and, and to thank you, Betsy, very much. Thank you very much. So on behalf of... Um, Betsy and myself and Matt and the entire Grad School of Education, our thoughts and prayers are with the victims yesterday and their families and for the whole city of Boston.